the relationship building within the company and outside of the company with your peers is helpful to help you to understand and to grow professionally and to provide additional value to the company. Hello, and welcome to Off the Books, where we surf the uncharted waters of accounting, finance, risk, and wherever else the waves take us. This episode is brought to you by Workiva, the one platform that brings together financial reporting, ESG, audit, and risk teams. So instead of staying in silos, you can come out for a barn raising. My name is Catherine Tsai, professional asker of questions and lover of venti soy chais, and I'm happy to be here today with Mike Gravano. Mike, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, I am a recovering cherry coke addict, unprofessional asker of questions, and an off-the-books producer. Normally, Catherine is joined in studio with accounting enthusiast and Diet Coke aficionado Steve Soder. And uh, he couldn't make it here today, so I'm going to do my golly gee darndest to fill his shoes while he's out. Well, you're halfway there by saying golly, so... Uh, That's the goal. I'm going to try to hit my golly quota. Today, uh, we're mixing things up, so IIA GAM just wrapped up in mid-March, and... Uh, yeah, so can we? That's so many just letters. Uh, what yeah. is IIA GAM for 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 just the listeners? I totally know, but for the listeners who might not know what IIA GAM is, what is that? Yes, IIA is the Institute of Internal Auditors, and then GAM is the General Audit Management Conference that they have every year. And since Mike, you and I didn't get to go to GAM, we wanted to hear some highlights from two people who went and who actually know a thing or two about internal audits. So we are here with Ruth Noensengsi and Grant Osler. So it's great to have you two on the show. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Ruth, you can go first. Sure. Uh, I'm Ruth Noensengsi. I'm the Director of Internal Audit here at Workiva. Um, let's see. I don't have an addiction issue that seems to be the common <laughs> thing. Uh, however, I do love motorcycles. So interesting fun fact. Um, I have been doing auditing for a good long time, and I've been leading the internal audit function here at Workiva for uh, three and a half years. Right. And I'm Grant Osler. I am an industry principal in the uh, governance, risk, and compliance space with Workiva. I uh, was an internal auditor like Ruth for a long time. I ran internal audit shops for about 20 years. And again, not a Diet Coke guy. Used to do some Diet Dr. Pepper back today. I know that probably makes me a real outlier here, but I'm mostly free of that at this point. So other than a really weak moment now and then. That's, that's what recovering means, I think, for, okay. for me Good. and Cherry Coke. So I gotcha. So the website for the conference uh, says GAM stands for Great Audit Minds. How does it sound to the two of you, given what you heard at the conference? I actually really love that transition um, because really that's what we're all about is uh, – uh, all of us getting together, sharing information, sharing insights with each other and supporting each other. And so it really is about all of us having great audit minds. So I just love uh, that transition in the titling. I, I think, I mean, there clearly were some great audit minds there. There were some people who truly are thought leaders that were there to share and to educate. I think, uh, you know, to, to throw a few kudos to Ruth, we, had, we were able to have a session where Ruth and three of our customers talked about their experience and their journey down the road to ESG and, and be able to get ready for all ESG things coming down the road, which was awesome. We had great feedback on. So we were able to contribute to that great audit mind, so I think a little bit, and, uh, and learn from some others. So I think it was great. It's nice to hear internal auditors discussed as great audit minds. 
What would you say about how people think of the profession and maybe how that's changing today? So I think people think about um, auditors as, oh my gosh, they're coming in and they're going to audit us. And really, my focus is about bringing value and being a business partner uh, with, you know, I'm an internal auditor. I am working for the same company where I am performing the audit. Uh, I want our company to succeed. Our company will succeed by looking at processes and ways that we can make processes better uh, or looking at compliance and looking at how uh, we're doing with compliance and ways that we can improve on compliance. So really my perspective on this, you know, when I'm talking to people about coming in and performing an audit is what can I do to help you with what you're doing? Um, and so I do think that uh, it really is about that type of an impact and that type of a perspective. Uh, and hopefully that's what people see when we come in and do our audits. I th think Ruth's right. I, I remember when I first went to school, the joke was that the auditors people come in after the battle and bayonet the wounded. And, and that never sat very well with me. It kind of bothered me. I think audit is going through a transition right now. So you know, we went through a period after Starbucks where people became very compliance oriented and really just hunkered down at compliance because the stakes were huge, right? I mean, everybody understands that. And we're at a point now where I think, you know, it's, it's normalizing a lot. We've learned a lot through Sarbanes and getting a lot better at it. And, and the stakes are raising for people to say, Hey, you got to do compliance. That's, that's, again, that's just expected, but you've got to do more than that. You need to bring additional value through that compliance work you do. We need you to spend time looking at other things as well and helping us be more efficient, more productive, more profitable, you know, some of the things that Ruth talked about. So I think we're in, in kind of a uh, a renaissance period, if you will, for auditors to really get out of checking boxes and, and doing just compliance to really, hey, look, how do we have great, great audit minds and really help the company grow and be more profitable? Now, what did you hear at the conference about ways that you can show the value of internal audit? One of the things that was talked about was, you know, identifying emerging risks. When we think about internal audit and what Grant was talking about, bayoneting the wounded, um, yikes. Um, you know, instead, what are we approaching? What's coming our way? Where can we actually go? Can we get ahead of this? This is maybe a risk that we need to be aware of so that we're taking action proactively uh, instead of reactively. And so rather than that historical view that, you know, people are uh, thinking of when they talk about audit coming in, instead thinking about emerging trends, emerging risks, uh, what's the next best step? What would you say some of the emerging risks right now in like midway 2023? Is that what year it is? 2023. It is uh, 2023. <laughs> uh, it's, that's almost like a trick question. No wonder uh, you are the unprofessional asker yes. of questions. Oh. Um, but uh, cybersecurity is what we're hearing all about. There was actually, you know, some excellent speaking about uh, that type of risk and and ways that we need to think about it that are so different than the ways that we thought about it in the past. 
uh, considerations that we need to use. Uh, that's been a big focus. No big surprise, right? And I think on that, again, there was a lot of talk about helping our organizations be more resilient. Cyber is clearly an area where auditors are looking and looking hard because there have been so many challenges in that area and they're going to continue to be. ESG is a topic that was, you know, they had a whole track on ESG saying, look, you know, how do you get in front of this, right? How do you get ready so you do it right and not be playing catch up, right? How do you do those things? I think, um, you know, there I had a conversation with a handful of people around, you know, crypto and blockchain and different things. So I think there's a lot of things that are out there. It's like, we're trying to understand as a profession, what's the risk to my organization, but also what are the opportunities for my, for my organization of these things as well, right? How do we get the benefits and mitigate those risks so that we can do it in a profitable, sustainable way? And so I think there's, you know, there's a lot out there right now that profession is trying to understand because every day it's like, you know, it's, you know, chat GPT, there's every, every, you know, there were a lot of new fresh stuff from when the sessions were submitted that we didn't have sessions about, but there was a lot of conversation about it. What does this mean to us? What does this mean to our organizations? Yeah. That, I mean, that makes sense. If thinking about emerging risks and you're like, here's the general areas, but it's evolving all of the time. So yeah, chat GPT hit the scene with the public knowledge just like a few weeks ago or a month or two ago, right? Like it was bubbling for a while and now it's like, well, we actually have to deal with this. So is that something the two of you are excited about, like the looking forward, like and, and keeping that like very future mindset? Because we've had former auditors on this show and they've said like historically the profession, they're always looking back. I think the thing with that is you have to be aware of what the potential risks are so that you are proactive. So there are risks. You know, chat GPT is not the end all be all. Does it have great things about it? Yes, absolutely it does. Um, but it's not a wave the magic wand and everything happens. Uh, so it takes a different level of effort when you have new technology that is coming at you quickly. Everything is so much faster than it was 15 years ago. So it it just is a different perspective. Yeah. I think chat is a is a really good example because to Ruth's point, it doesn't cure everything, right? And there's and there's downsides, right? There's pros and cons. So I think one of the the risks for otters and and anybody is relying so heavily on something and, and losing your objectivity, right? Losing your question saying, wait a minute, does this make sense to me? You know, it goes back to when GPS first happened. I know people who literally drove off roads because what turned me to right and I turned into a tree. Well, open your eyes, right? I mean, that same kind of thing applies here, right? So all of these opportunities are just that. They're opportunities for us to do things more efficiently. But we have to maintain our critical thinking. We have to really maintain the skepticism as auditors we're supposed to be bringing saying, hey, does this make sense? How is this going to help? And how do we get the upside again? while mitigating the downsides, what controls or barriers we put around this to make sure that we, you know, don't make a bet we don't want to have to pay for later. And what's truly something that you need to pay attention to versus just a distraction? Um, and I'm certainly not saying that chat is a distraction, uh, but sometimes there are things that are distractions. And so making sure that you're paying attention in the right way. Is there something from like a few years ago that seemed like it was going to be a big thing and turned out to just be a distraction? 
Y'all are too young for Y2K, but I think it lives up to that billing pretty effectively. Oh, no. My I garage that. was filled with beans and water bottles. My parents were I'm, I'm just ready. saying, I lived that one really hard. And we yeah, spent sure. a lot of time for a couple of years, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, that was fun. Let's go have a party, right? <laughs> it's interesting that you asked that because, you know, I think uh, some people may view ESG as that type of perspective. But I think that we have seen, you know, um, interest uh, peaks and then wanes. And I think we've seen where in the past there's been the interest that peaked in ESG, but then it waned. Uh, But I think now we're seeing, at least to me, indicators that it's not going to wane, Uh, at least not to the degree that it did before. There may be some waning uh, of that interest, but I think that that is going to continue to be a high priority uh, for a good long time. And I think some of that indication is the SEC proposal around it, right? So, you know, if you look at the whole picture, you go, this is something that requires a little bit more. I could definitely see where internal audit could provide some value to organizations around ESG and just a plug for our sister podcast, ESG Talk. I think they're going to be talking about that topic in future episodes as well. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Today's episode of Off the Books is brought to you by Workiva. But I'm not here to talk about Workiva. I'm here to talk about grilled cheese sandwiches. Have you ever thought about how perfect, yet so simple, the humble grilled cheese is? It's just bread and butter and cheese, but it is so much more. It melts. It stretches. It is gooey, which is not an adjective I use lightly, dear listener. More importantly, it pairs well with all sorts of delicious things. Tomato soup? Oh, absolutely. Onions and prosciutto? You know it. Peanut butter and fig newtons? I have not tried that, but I'm sure it wouldn't be that bad. The point remains... Things are better when you combine good things with other good things, which is the whole basis of the Workiva platform. Bring your SOX compliance and internal audit and SEC reporting and ESG needs and all that other financial and non-financial work into the same platform, and heavenly flavors will emerge from the ether, and angels will sing. Yes, Workiva. Get gooey with it and learn more at workiva.com slash podcast. And we're back with Grant Osler and Ruth Nonsengsi to talk about the scuttlebutt at IIA GAM. So, Grant, you touched a little bit on ChatGPT, but I'm wondering, did other technology come up at the conference at all? Yeah, I mean, again, I think there's there's a lot of talk about analytics right now within the auto space. The instrumental auditors is, I think, strongly encouraging auditors to look at ways to leverage analytics to be more efficient, to provide greater insights. It kind of goes back to that, get beyond compliance and bring insights and, you know, looking at data in a different way is a great way to do that and to bring, you know, a point of view and a perspective that they may not have because they're so close to it and auditors are a little bit more more distance from that. So that was an area I think that we talked about quite a bit. To Ruth's point before, I think new technology comes out a lot. Not all of it sticks. And so a little bit is, you know, how, what's the business case? Really, how well does it work? So a lot of things look great in, on, on paper and in the drawing board, and you got to see how they really add value over time. And so we'll, you know, I think 
some of the things we saw there will probably fade out a little bit and others will, you know, really grab traction. Well, tell me a little bit more about audit analytics and do you think that's one that will stick around or fade away? And, and, and analytics isn't new. I mean, I started doing analytics in the early 90s. So it's it's been around for a long time and we were not using an abacus. We actually used computers back then, Mike, just in case you're curious. Um, but no, seriously, right? it was crazy. But, but you know, again, we tend to have a, a perspective sometimes that analytics is is really big and different things. And, and analytics can be pretty simple work if you get the access to the right data. And I think that's one of the real challenges with analytics is how do I get the data? How do I make sure that data is complete and accurate? And, and that's one thing that auditors have struggled with is we've tried to get analytical in the past. And I think that that's something that as a profession, we still struggle with is how do I do this efficiently and nimbly? And I think to add on to what Grant was saying, the only thing to keep in mind is not the only thing, but one of the things to keep in mind uh, is similar to what we mentioned with chat. It's not the end all be all. It's not a magic wand. It doesn't answer everything. Uh, it takes work to get analytics to work right. Uh, you know, Grant was talking about having the right access to the right data, understanding that data. Uh, it's not just somehow magically going to pull together and answer all the questions. With that, how much of an internal auditor's role is is advising the leadership? It varies. Um, yes, you definitely are an advisor and the advisory role is very important. Whether that's, you know, hey, here's the new thing that we can use in internal audit to help the company and provide value versus uh, here, um, uh, payroll processing, here's something that you may want to consider as an improvement uh, to the process that you're doing. Uh, that would add value to what you're doing, gain efficiency, gain effectiveness. So there is a lot of advisory that comes from that, realizing that we don't know everything, but you know we can research it. We can reach out to uh, our network of peers to say, what are you doing at your company? Taking those best pieces and parts and advising on that, but also realizing it's management's responsibility to make those decisions. They're the ones who have to go, gee, they advised us to do all these things, but in our circumstances, we have to do maybe a fraction of it, or uh, we have to take a different look at it. I think I grew 100% right. I think the other thing is, you know, you need to start where you're at, right? You can't just fake it till you make it. That doesn't play here, right? It is, what can I do today to use some analytics? And it, it may be pivots and things like that, right? In a sheet that gives me a little bit more time back because I'm able to look at things differently and again, draw those inferences, those insights, but give me a little bit more time back to then reinvest, right? So as I continue to gain a little efficiency here and a little there, and I use that to then expand upon the analytics that I've done and learn new things and say, hey, is there a different way to do this? That really becomes kind of a flywheel effect from what I've seen and what I've experienced in the past where, again, my ability to look at things in a different way than the business because they're so close to it, that's really insightful. And we've seen in, in, in my previous experiences at Chief Audit Executive, places where we brought 
really significant new insights to them. They had the data. They just had never looked at it the same way we did. And so I think that's one of the real powers. And again, bringing those great audit minds right to the table, say, hey, look, you know, we're, we're bringing a different perspective that helps you to rethink how you're doing things. And, and analytics is a tool in our, in our toolbox for that. It's not the only tool, but it's a valuable one. What other uh, chatter did you all hear at the Great Audit Minds Conference? Were there any other hot topics? I think as um, time has gone on year over year, something that I've seen as a recurring theme uh, has been networking, working together, um, and uh, positioning ourselves so that we have resources available. I mentioned that maybe you don't know it, but you reach out to other people that have the experience. That's very critical. We aren't alone in this. We're working together and we're trying to to do what's best uh, as a whole. And that is something that I think you know, anyone that's in internal audit realizing that that's important, the relationship building uh, within the company and outside of the company with your peers uh, is helpful to help you to, to understand and to grow professionally and to provide additional value to the company, which is what we're trying to do. Another topic that... Um... I think I think there were two sessions on, and I know there's a lot of chatter about. Is this is a space where it's difficult to fill to fill all the open positions that you have today, right? We've talked about the Great Resignation. I know in other podcasts, it's a challenge for auditors, right? It's a big deal, and so a lot of the conversation was, "Hey, how do we retain the people we have? How do we make the work that they do? How do we make that more meaningful? How do we take the routine and monotonous things that don't add great value?" automate those so that we can have people focus their energy, focus their minds on, again, adding value rather than doing just kind of that rote work. So there were a couple of really good sessions, I thought, about that and say, hey, here's 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 ways to look at developing your people. Here's how to retain them, those things. And, you know, I think that is, I, I, the entire finance profession, if you will, right, is struggling with that. We're clearly, as auditors, not immune. There's also a lot of conversation that I have with people is like, hey, I'm going to have to start looking at alter, al, you know, alternate sources for talent. Uh, I had a co- person that mentioned that they've hired a couple of psych graduates recently. They said, you know, we have to teach them accounting, but they did a lot of statistics. They understand math. They understand how to do those kind of things. They understand. And they get along pretty well with people, which is we do a lot of that. And so they're teaching them to audit. They're teaching them the accounting they need, right? But they're bringing some with it. Again, and to me, that's, that diversity of thought within the audit team also add values, right? So I need people with different perspectives. I don't want to have all my auditors be exactly the same either because then I don't get that uplift that I can get from, again, challenging each other. So you don't have to be a CPA to be an internal auditor? No, you don't. Oh, uh, the, that's a plus. The Institute of Internal Auditors has some some professional designations and they have a certified internal auditor. They have a handful of different certifications you can get in risk and and different areas. Um, but yeah, you don't have to be certified. I I think that that's a misconception that happened with the implementation of SOX, uh, that because it was so financial focused that people thought that you had to be a CPA. Um, I actually worked places where 
uh, someone had a marketing degree, uh, places where uh, we had HR professionals, safety professionals, uh, people that specialized in in very specific areas and had never done any type of accounting uh, work. And so there can be great benefit to that. Mike, maybe it's our next career move. Yeah, there you go. I, I've had I've had uh, credit people. I've had operations people. I've got friends that are in the healthcare space that have RNs on their staff because they understand, right? Again, what's going to put us in a position? What people, what skills do I need to understand what's going on in the business and be able to help them do it better, more efficiently, right? And make sure it's done right. And so you really need that context and that that understanding in some way. I do have a nerdy question for you, because I think on the conference agenda, I mentioned something about the International Professional Practices Framework Standards. What are those and what happened at the conference with those? The IPPF uh, are the standards on how internal auditors are to do their work. So the Institute of Internal Auditors puts out standards to the profession as, as how we go about. So auditors have generally accepted auditing standards that apply to doing external auditors that the AICP put, AICPA puts out. We have these standards that help us understand, and they focus on uh, maintaining our independence and objectivity, making sure that people have the capabilities to do the work that they're that they're being assigned to do. It's making sure that uh, organizationally we're where we need to be to have the most impact, and they go on and on. So they don't get updated a lot. I would say it's probably every 10 to 15 years probably they get updated. They just released a couple weeks before the conference a uh an updated set of the standards for comment so public comment to summarize it real quickly i think there was kind of a shift from more of a rules-based approach to more principles-based so a lot of the a lot of the expectations didn't change like the 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 majority of what's there stayed fairly consistent intro audit didn't change 100 percent over the last 10 years but it's really taken more principles-based approach so that people can adapt and adjust them in a much more dynamic world than we used to live in. And I think that's a pretty important aspect to what, what they introduced to us. Yeah, and I also saw it more as, um, even though it had been called the international uh, at the beginning of the title for a number of years now, uh, truly trying to take that perspective of what can be in place that truly can be applied internationally uh, rather than being more focused in the United States. Well, any final thoughts from people before we get to our closing question of the day? So my, my only question is, are you excited to attend GAM next year with us? Has this got you fired up yet? I am. If I kind of want to go professional podcasters can one day become internal auditors then yes we'll be there oh there's a road to audit for you <laughs> it may be bumpy yeah that's fine <laughs> yeah. keeps it exciting yeah. put on your bike helmet let's go well let's get to our closing question of the day i want to hear from both of you what is your pitch for why now is a good time to become an internal auditor so i think that the why now is because there are so many opportunities open to us. There's so much new that's going on. There's so much that you can learn and that you can do. There's different directions you can take. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It really isn't. 
So if you're interested in looking at analytics and that's your, you know, secret wish, then you can do it. If your secret wish is to get into the details, you can do it. If your secret wish is to be talking to people and building those relationships, you can do it. Uh, and if it's some sort of a combination of those, then this is the perfect opportunity to be an internal audit. Uh, there are so many new things to learn uh, and to continue to grow yourself professionally and personally uh, in what you can do. I think that's true. I think in addition to that, um, one of the things is, as audit leaders we try to do is to try and develop certain attributes in our people, right? We want to help them to think critically and to ask the questions behind the questions, right? We want to help them understand how to do risk, or excuse me, root cause analysis and risk cost benefit. And so really understand, you know, how do you, how do you have a, a difference? How do I get behind things? How do I make a difference? And those are skills that are transferable anywhere in the organization. It's a great place to get a broad view of the organization and know what's going on. So if you want to go somewhere else, it's a great place to get in and to learn. To Ruth's point, we're living in a really, really dynamic time right now where there's incredible opportunities to make a difference. Organizations need people who can get in, understand a set of data, understand how I can go validate things, come back with, you know, proposals and validate and do those things. And that's what we do in the audit profession. So I think it's it's a wonderful time to be in this space right now because the influence that we can have on organizations is really outsized what it's maybe been over the last few years with we're with a very compliance oriented view might have to hit you up after this for some <laughs> career advice <laughs> yeah. not bagging on marketing i'm just saying marketing is good <laughs> but audit's sexy i mean come on now it seems sexy it seems super dynamic and i don't know way more interesting than my ignorant self thought it was at first uh, Ruth, Grant, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you, dear listener, for surfing along with us. I'm Catherine Sly. That was Mike Gravano. And this has been Off the Books presented by Workiva. Please subscribe, leave a review, tell your buddies if you liked the show. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can leave us a comment or feel free to drop us a line at offthebooks at workiva.com. If your comment was going to be bring back Steve, don't worry, Steve will be back next week when we're planning to interview Jonathan Johnson, the CEO of Overstock. Surf's up and we'll see you on the next wave.